the Sanctum. You're listening to The 100 Podcast, a show about CW sci-fi series, The 100. Brought to you in partnership with TV Time, we fill your ear holes with everything from analysis to insanity. I'm Daniel Prime. Hallowed be his name. And I'm Olga, the one crew warrior. I (laughs) almost said today I am Olga. Yeah, you are. (laughs) (laughs) But today we're discussing season six, episode seven, entitled Nevermind. Nevermind, that mishap in the intro. Nevermind. Is it Nevermind or Nevermind? Is there a difference? According to Grammarly and historical. Title fight. (laughs) (laughs) We remembered it this time. Let's have our title fight. Let's do it. Uh, Now, you know, we initially named this segment title fight because we were going to fight about whether it was (laughs) a good title or not. Oh, yeah. Um, Once upon a time. I don't know if I'm missing some things here, but uh, this doesn't seem like one of their better titles. Um, I mean, we'll we'll, we'll see. Yeah, again, not necessarily saying it's a bad title, but I couldn't find a whole lot of interesting things. Um, It is the uh, title of Nirvana's album. Of the same, and they're—I don't think it's their first. Do you think you wrote down first, which I might have? Told I may you. have misunderstood um, you. It's their first one that like really was a breakout success. It's the one that has um, smells like teen spirit. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I feel like that might be on purpose because Kurt Cobain committed suicide, and obviously both Dave committed suicide and Clark is contemplating suicide throughout this episode. Yeah. Also, from my, my looking around research, like a lot of. Cobain's lyrics, not necessarily in this album, but in general, were sort of about self-hatred and stuff like that, which obviously connects with Clark in this episode. Um, Do you want to read the stuff from the 100 Wiki? Yes. So according to the 100 Wiki, Mm -hmm. this episode's title is an allusion to the season three episode, Nevermore, also written by Kim Shumway. In this episode, Clark tries to keep the memory of the events of Nevermore from Josephine. Which is the episode where Raven is tied up and they use the MP. Yes, specifically that, Mm -hmm. of how to remove that neural mesh that Mm -hmm. lets Clark be alive and let Allie into Raven's brain. Yeah, it's It's complicated. Yeah, they're specifically getting rid of Allie from her brain but yeah yes. i guess it is the neural it's complicated it is complicated <laughs> sci-fi um both episodes reflect on the past and clark dealing with her sins and her guilt mm-hmm. and some of the people that uh the chipped version of raven brought up to guilt clark mm-hmm. actually appear here in clark's mind space yeah, like jake and uh, maya and and the thing is that she brought up um like Wells and Finn, mm-hmm. and at the very least, we know that they tried to get Wells into yeah. this episode, or yeah. the actor mm-hmm. who plays Wells and, to participate. And they, uh, and they did have the flash of Finn's death. And all yes. That, so. All right. So uh, that is our title fight for the week. Also, I mean, not I, much fighting. Yeah, I mean, I, Nevermore. Also, oh, not Nevermore. Never mind. I guess is like pay it no attention. Which I guess you could also be like, oh, Clark is trying to like be like, never mind, Josephine. Don't think about this. Pay no attention to this thing over here. Uh, <laughs> Just run past this. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so we're gonna get into our recap. We have a lot of great feedback to get to later in the episode, but mm-hmm. right now we're gonna we're gonna dive on in. Uh, I will say on the rewatch, 
I, we always have slightly different different takes or whatever. I'm a little bit less uh, critical of the ending, I think, uh, on the rewatch. I still kind of feel the way I felt in the reaction video. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I do have to take into consideration that this is a TV show. It's not like a movie, right? So yeah. like they could still end this episode or like what this episode brings up later down the line. It's not like Clark has control of her body again yet. I do I do still feel like there is a bit of criticism to be had that the episode starts out so much about Clark facing her demons and then she does have an arc here. She does have the arc of like, oh I'm I wanna, you know, I wanna fulfill being a good guy and that means more than just like saving my people. It is about doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that is an arc, but she doesn't have an arc of sort of self-worth, right? Where it's like so much of what's brought up in the first half of this episode is about her own inner turmoil. Mm -hmm. And then it becomes very external and she doesn't really necessarily deal with that inner turmoil. Yeah. Um, You have have anything else you want to throw in there? I guess, I mean, I'm still with you regarding the fact that it felt like an abrupt ending. Mm. It feels less abrupt when you know it's going to end and where it is. So (laughs) by nature of that, it's less surprising and therefore I'm less critical of it. Yeah. So I agree with you there. Mm. But yeah, I mean, we have some feedback that I think relates to my thoughts Mm -hmm. on it. It's just like, I'm not really, I'm not really to be ready to be done with, all right, this is the end of Clark dealing with her demons. Mm -hmm. Like, look, she met some. Well, it's certainly not the the end of the season. I know. That's the thing where it's like, I know this is the tagline for the season. And this episode really is the epitome of this tagline. But that doesn't mean I'm ready for them to be like, here it is. Mm -hmm. Now she's better. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think it's it. so much of this season has been... um, and I, I mean, I guess it's it's on us as a viewer or it, it also has to do with, I think, to a certain degree, the marketing and stuff where it's expectations versus what they end up giving us. And what they gave us was a good episode for sure. Mm-hmm. But I really thought it was going to be about her uh, overcoming her inner demons, not just like being faced with them and then being sidetracked. Yeah. That, and that's really what I, I felt like yeah. was was what happened here. But I still think it's a fantastic episode. It really is. Yeah, I, think, I still think it's some really great stuff here. Yes. So let's get into it. Mm-hmm. So uh, we pick up where we left off last week, where Clark is hearing echoes of her memories, uh, important quotes thrown throughout the seasons. Uh, while looking back at the drawings in her mind space cell arc thingy. Um, <laughs> we see, obviously, all sorts of important moments. We see, you know, like, Lexa. We have the flash of Lexa. You know, we see Maddie and flashes of Maddie at the at the fire. Bon- and, yeah, yeah, the campfire. Um, and then there's all sorts of other little hints of, like, where back bitches. We the have, pilot. Yeah, yeah, we have, like, season two Bellamy. I think there's the lever thing going on. There are all mm-hmm. sorts of stuff. Uh, I'm sure there's a lot to dig through. There's some really extensive uh, like tweets and Mm -hmm. I'm sure on Tumblr and Instagram, people going through breaking down. Yeah. Yeah. We will not be doing Mm -hmm. that here. We are an Mm -hmm. audio (laughs) podcast. (laughs) Doesn't really help much. Um, So then she leaves the cell once she like sees the memory of the pilot where she gets dragged out of the cell. Mm -hmm. Um, And she enters the gas station in Shallow Valley and sees Jake Griffin. Daddy. Uh, 
This is uh, one of those moments where I, I wish I hadn't really like I've been spoiling this since like before the season started that think, he was showing up. Yeah, I it would have been we a, both knew would have been a cool surprise. Yeah, um, but then again, they also like released this scene ahead of time too. So yeah, I try to yeah. stay away from those. Yeah. I just find it more fun to. Sometimes I just can't help myself. That's true. Um, and also sometimes I just hear people talking about it on Twitter. Or yeah, I don't watch it. Um, the last thing she remembers is that she died. Um, she's like, she seems sort of relieved, but she regrets not saying goodbye. And then her regret is what sort of triggers like a storm outside. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, Jake guides her to hearing her own heartbeat. And she realizes that she's in her subconscious. She's not dead. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she leaves and she sort of, he's because he sends her, he's like, you know, I'm just in your mind. And they have like a sweet moment, obviously. It's, it's nice. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like I, I, we didn't write down all the sentimental lines and everything because it's more about our, our recap is more about what happened. Right. Um, but uh, basically he he sends her on her way to figure out what's going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she goes into this hallway, which honestly, I'm still confused about whether it's the Ark or Allegis. Uh, I think it's the Ark. Yeah. Based on there being a, uh, the, what's the word? The airlock yeah. thing. But I mean, Where I that suppose kid, you that could have dies that. In, yeah. yeah. I suppose you could have that on Allegis. I just feel yeah. like what, she spent less time on Allegis. She was yeah. just like frozen on Allegis yeah. for all that time, whereas she lived a life on the Ark. It's true. But so it, if it's it looks... about familiarity and being able to navigate a space, I feel like the Ark makes more, yeah. more sense. It looked more like the Ark, the uh, Allegis ship to me with like the yellow highlights and stuff like that. Yeah. And I, rem- I definitely remember the doors looking like that. But the thing is, I don't really remember the Ark that well at this point. I haven't rewatched in a while. I know, same here. Um, so then uh, we go to Grounder Clark enters into her cell. And I love, like we talked about in the reaction thing, all the different costume changes, all the switches. The hair, and, yeah. yeah. Um, Mark through the ages. Yes. Um, she meets Allie in her cell, and this is where we get our sort of explanation of what's going down. Mm-hmm. Um, Allie saved her. Um, I may be gone, but this precious repository of your memories is still here thanks to me the neural mesh is still in my head Uh, i must have interfered with the drug they used to wipe my mind so here's the thing that we were a little bit confused about uh last during the reaction thing we were trying to suss out exactly what the difference is between what happened with raven and abby and what's happening with clark here Mm -hmm. um which we on rewatch and also with some feedback and stuff we understand it a little bit more now i think which is that um basically uh Abby and Raven had to be EMP'd be- to get Allie out of their mind, but then that was part of what caused the brain damage because there were still remnants of Allie in yes. there. Whereas Clark and everybody else who had the chip and wasn't EMP'd, they just, uh, Allie was turned off. So there was just that just mesh floating around in it's there. It's still <laughs> that like technological structure mm-hmm. was just left in their heads. Yeah. As opposed, because it was like, well, it's disabled. Mm-hmm. It's like actually how a lot of the time TV shows get this wrong Mm -hmm. that when someone gets shot by a bullet and Mm -hmm. the bullet is still in the body, Mm -hmm. unless it's really like in a spot that is like going to harm the person, Mm -hmm. usually surgeons leave the bullet inside of someone. Mm -hmm. They they fix the damage as Mm -hmm. much as they can, but getting the bullet out is actually like their last priority. So it's kind of like that where they fix the damage by, you know, 
destroying Allie, mm. but removing the actual technology of the yeah. chip, eh, not as yeah. important. Well, and so it basically becomes like a version of a mind drive where it has a yeah. backup of Clark's yes. of Clark's consciousness. Yes, it does. Um, very cool. Again, didn't hear very many people guessing that that would be how it happened. So I think that's, I mean, that, one of the few things that like, that we didn't guess, and I, yeah. I like not being able to guess. I like everything. not knowing things, yeah. Yeah. honestly. Um, <laughs> Only in this context. Yes, I want them to be smarter than me. Exactly honestly. makes um, it exciting. Yeah. So uh, they talk about you know how they EMP'd the ship with Raven and Allie, and Allie guides Clark to hide the memory. And, you know, like takes it off the wall and like a cool thing, and gives it to her as the ship. Mm-hmm. Uh, very cool. Great to see uh, Erica Kara. I believe her name is. Is it Kara or Sarah? I always thought it was Kara, but maybe you're right. Okay. Um, I do not know. And uh, so there you go. Then we go, uh, there is no joy without pain. Because so basically we have a back and forth between Allie, Figment, and Clark. Mm-hmm. Uh, where she's like, I never understood humans. And like Clark is like, oh, you know, it's funny that you're helping me keep these memories when... Uh, you've spent so long like hiding the important memories from people. Yeah, and trying to destroy that part of people. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, so Clark does say, though, there's no joy without any pain. And Allie says, those painful memories aren't even here. They're cast away deep in your mind where you can't even face them. Which, of course, sort of foreshadows where we go later in the episode. Yes, it does. The woods. But it also um, foreshadows why we're not going to see some things either. Yep. It's a nice, convenient yeah. little They have They statement. have their convenient <laughs> statements throughout this episode. Yes, they do. They do what they can. Yeah. Um, um, Clark questions why there's a door she's never seen, if this is her mind. And we can hear Russell killing everybody uh, in the first red sun there. That's sort of from floating be- around. Coming from behind it, yeah. yeah. Um, and... Yeah, and Clark is stupid enough to open Enter. the door. <laughs> well, so I want to talk about the the Russell uh, murder sounds. Okay. Because it's interesting to me that she heard those coming from behind the door, but they weren't hidden in the secret collection. Mm-hmm. And we also talked about in general that there's the secret collection that only has one memory. So she only has one, like, formative like core memory. I feel like her dad killing her and her family would be in there. It should be in there. Yeah, that's definitely a... I mean, we definitely, I I mean, on the flip side, it's not like like Clark had echoes of voices and stuff in a similar way, right? Yeah. Um, That weren't like tied to the drawings necessarily. That's true. But in general, it just felt odd to me that uh, Clark had like all these significant things. Maybe it's because, you know... She's a sociopath, means a sociopath, and so she's more. I think it's more related to the idea of she's had two hundred and thirty years to organize her yeah. thoughts and and be able to, yeah, function with like here's everything that I am and yeah. everything that I know and I can retrieve it and and it's not like it's not like she needs everything at every moment, but that's why she's yeah. like learn to keep it back there well and maybe she's also smart enough that she's been able to separate each core memory into a different repository or something maybe, maybe there's a or, separate collection further down or maybe or, it's just one of those yeah. things where her dad doesn't like things leak out but yeah. it's not back there and in yeah. her like most basic yeah. functions because she's like process what her dad did and yeah. knows it wasn't really him like yes yeah. it's traumatic but it wasn't yeah. really like yeah, her, her fault or her life, like she was able to get past and get mm-hmm. through it. Yeah, so yeah. I guess it's you're gonna have a lot less emotional core memories if you're a sociopath. I so. suppose so. <laughs> I just the thing is that mm. Josephine is still a mystery in a lot of ways, yeah. 
so I don't really know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, she opens up the door and Josephine comes in and this body is not big enough for the both of us. Mm-hmm. And we get we get Josephine Ogie. Uh, I really like OG Josephine. She's great. She's snarky. She's funny. The actress is great. Has yeah. a lot of flair to she's her. She's campy, but not too much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so basically she breaks down for us. This is a result of a failed mind wipe. Josephine says that the brain creates mind spaces when two minds share a body to preserve the brain. Uh, now that they're mixing, it will lead to deterior- deterioration. 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 (laughs) Uh, And stroke and all that fun stuff. (laughs) Uh, Clark wants Josephine to give her body back, but uh, just between us girls, I kind of like your body, if you know what I'm saying. I think Uh, I know what she's saying. (laughs) Do you think? She's referred to her body as a Ferrari, (laughs) saying she likes it and wants to keep it. A question to you. Are we supposed to infer that Josephine is at minimum not straight? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because it's also interesting because the way the show interacts with sexuality is different than how Josephine would because Josephine uh, is from basically our time, right? Yeah. Um, not exactly, but more so our time. Yeah. It's just an interesting thing. I, I it's. I have a feeling they would never want to like make it totally explicit because it's not like Josephine is a positive character and it could feed into like the bisexuals are promiscuous trope thing. Yeah, um, I, I'm trying to think of it in a, I know you haven't seen Beyond the Pilot or the first episode, but like Killing Eve mm-hmm. where the like Villanelle who's the, the murderer antagonist mm-hmm. to who the protagonist eve mm-hmm. like she is people love her because she's like this badass bisexual mm-hmm. i guess but i'm like but she's a murderer yeah <laughs> like she's real bad yeah <laughs> so i don't know where i say it. like i mean uh, yeah yeah she also has her history of what traumatized her yeah. and what made her who she is and whatever but at the same time well, the I'm thing is, like, I don't the, know. People the, <laughs> really love these characters, and they are fun. But yeah. are they great representation? I the don't thing think that's so. complicated is the ultimate goal of representation would be that you'd have positive and negative, right? Yeah. It's the problem is it's like, have we had enough positive to be okay with the negative? But it's definitely like there is fun to be had with a villainous character that you know, like you can see yourself in in maybe like a cathartic way or whatever. Like yeah. people people like Harley Quinn and she's not exactly necessarily positive either, right? right? So uh, I definitely think they're, people love villains and it's yeah. it's fun to see villains of all shapes and sizes sometimes. And I'm not saying don't, yeah. to not like villains. I'm sitting yeah. here being like, Josephine, Josephine. Yeah. I mean, I want her to die, but even yeah. so, like, it's just one of those things where the trope of the, not straight villain. Yeah, or the, mo- very... the monstrous bisexual, the monstrous lesbian or gay Yeah, person. like, like it, it is a thing. Yeah. It is coded language. Yeah. So in some ways I'm like, nah, let her be straight and just be yeah. like Pervin on Clark, yeah. I guess. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think the other thing that does make it inter- a little more interesting and complicated is like, I think, I'm not sure if we ended up keeping this feedback, but some people talking about how, like, sociopaths or psychopaths are more prone sometimes to be, like, sexually promiscuous. Yeah. So in some ways, you could be saying it's not saying, oh, bisexuals are promiscuous as much as sociopaths are. Yeah. So it, there's multiple layers here. There are. Yeah. 
Um, okay, so Clark calls her a sociopath, meanwhile. <laughs> meanwhile, yeah, on that subject. Yes. So actually on the subject of, of some feedback, we got a thread from uh, Mary Gwynny B on mm-hmm. Twitter that we'd like to share. Um, let me load up Twitter. Loading the tweets. I yeah, because we okay. we asked uh, for some mental health help with a sociopath or psychopath. We have trouble discerning it. I know I've looked it up in the past, but I don't remember. So anyway, Mary writes, I'm a mental health professional and can explain a bit about sociopathology. Clinically speaking, there isn't a difference between a socio versus psychopath. Neither term is actually an appropriate clinical term, although sociopath would be the more accurate word of the two because it's based on the diagnosis antisocial personality disorder. Also, antisocial is a commonly misused term, as it does not refer to people who don't like being social. Antisocial personality disorder refers to people essentially who disregard the rights of others and society in the service of their own ends and desires. They are willing to violate all manner of social norms to achieve their goals, even when their culture would consider such actions reprehensible. They display a general lack of remorse for their antisocial behavior and are usually prolific liars, whatever it takes to service their own goals. Often thought of as having absolutely no conscience, but sociopaths do know what's considered right by society standards. They are just more than willing to violate it. Josephine may or may not be a true sociopath. Certainly some of her behavior would indicate that. You're right, that trauma does not cause sociopathology. Personality disorders are generally viewed as organic. But there is a correlation between people who have been repeatedly severely traumatized as children and those who wind up with certain personality disorders. I would also point out that these diagnoses are somewhat controversial in the broader mental health field, and there has been some debate as to whether they should have been included in the new DSM-5. Psychopath, uh, on the other hand, is actually more of a colloquial term as psycho refers to psychotic symptoms like hallucinations and delusions, symptoms displayed often by those with schizophrenia. Psychopath is not a clinical term and can be offensive to people with schizophrenia. There's a ton of stigma against people with mental illness, especially those who have schizophrenia, as people tend to believe they're dangerous, which generally they are not. So there's a lot of uh, interesting stuff. First of all, thank stuff. you. Yes, thank yes. you. I, a lot of people had different ideas. Uh, they didn't say they were necessarily mental health professional. Maybe <laughs> so, they've just taken absorbable, yeah. uh, abnormal psych in college yeah. or high school. I mean, the other thing is I, I think there are a lot of – there's the clinical definitions and then there's like the widely accepted definitions yeah. by like the masses. And so – and then you, you don't know how much actual research – the writers put into this and right. then, like there's like the tropic ideas of what a sociopath is and all that stuff uh it's interesting because if you if you read that definition of the antisocial personality disorder a lot of that would apply to murphy as well mm-hmm. uh, i mean i think you could argue that maybe he has a little bit more of a conscience or you know cares a little bit more but yeah certainly a lot of that i think does apply to murphy as well mm-hmm. as lying the knowing the rules but going beyond them for your own ma- your own ends and all that stuff yes um Interesting stuff. It definitely is. Mm-hmm. I think, I mean, personally, when, mm. again, colloquially, because mm. I, I do consider, A, Josephine does match a lot of these yeah. traits. Yeah. But B, personally, like, I would not associate psychopath with, like, someone with schizophrenia who experiences, just someone who has, like, 
a mental health disorder that's just like hallucinations yeah. of voices. Yeah. Because, I mean, you could, but I, I associate a psychopath with someone who's more like <sighs> causes more physical damage to mm -hmm. people, like psychopathic behavior being more like violent. Mm -hmm. And I can see where that link is of people who have those yeah. things being violent people. But I would say like someone who yeah. uh, like assaults people yeah. and kills people. Like that's the thing where like more, less motivated. Yeah. Like it seems like, Josephine really does yeah. justify every murder, even mm -hmm. if it's something where it's like, no, this is totally wrong. I would say, let it, so again, colloquially, I think psychopath, well, sociopath feels more clinical in their choices, or as mm -hmm. opposed to maybe psychopath, which feels more like they're enjoying what they're doing, yeah. or they're more, they're more monstrous, right? It's mm -hmm. something like we talk about McCreary, feels more psychopathic, and yeah. the thing like what he the, took pleasure, he got tattoos of everyone yeah. he killed, you know? Yeah, like the the um the what they say in the right what the person wrote in talking about the uh, basically saying how people so psychopaths they would be thinking more about like hallucinations and stuff like that. I would colloquial, clo I can't say this freaking word, colloquially <laughs> say okay. psychotic for that. Yes. As opposed to psychopath. Yeah. Like when I think of psychotic, I think of someone who's Psychosis paranoid and, and yeah. yeah. But again, everything, what's, what's the actual clinical definition versus what we read or what the common thought process is. Yeah. It's all over the place. Yes, it is. <laughs> yes. Indeed. <laughs> okay, back to Josephine, our yes. favorite sociopath. She threatens Clark to have Russell kick her people out of Sanctum if Clark doesn't tell her how uh, she saved her own consciousness, basically giving her the body. Um, and yeah. Clark says, go float yourself. And I, Josephine's I have no idea what that means. I love that. That was a great That's moment. really great, yeah. Um, Josephine knows how to manipulate Clark's mind to go hunting for Clark's memory. You can't, con you can control your mind stays, ah, you can control your mind space. Too bad you can't control your thoughts, Clarky. Um, I'm glad she doesn't call her Clarky. But I choose to believe that she does. Okay. Um, and then she goes through the paintings and she's like, has disdain for Clark's messy. Or lack of organization. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, we got an interesting thing of, of Josephine looking at the Maddie memories with the shot collar and goes, oh, look, child abuse dressed up as protection. Interesting <laughs> thing here. Um, do you think this is a reaction to fan feedback? Because I feel like, I mean, it's interesting whether, I don't know, like we talked about last season, did, did the writers really take in enough the intensity of what they were doing in that scene? Because like, a lot of people are like, this is child abuse. This is not okay that Clark is doing this, no matter why she's doing it. Um, and there's some debate about that. And you, you know what? In retrospect, mm. I think I think we weren't giving them enough credit. You know, so you think that they knew they were. I doing think that. they knew, yeah. and I think that unfortunately, I think that simultaneously we were we were giving the the first half of the season a lot of people were mm. anyway um, leeway mm. and like hopefulness and then it just took a turn mm. and then every a lot not every but a lot of goodwill just got like yeah. revoked yeah. by the fandom yeah. and i feel like that's part of it because that wasn't the back half yeah. um it was just this thing of like don't they realize all of these awful things that they're writing mm -hmm. and now i'm like yes they really did mm -hmm. i do think they did realize this was meant to be awful this yeah. was meant to be 
like not a very close to unforgivable thing or something that Clark would yeah. hold, you know, regret. It was regret. certainly Clark's most like effed up season in my opinion. Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, a lot of people hated yeah. that, that yeah. she would be so messed up. So yeah. I, you know, I would say like, oh, could it be in response to fan feedback? Sure. But I think it's more the writers being like, we know what this I, was awful. What I find fascinating about that is that they had Josephine say it and not one of Clark's apparitions or whatever, um, because it would have been interesting if Clark herself knew on some level that it was child abuse. You know? It would, but I mean, the fact of it itself being like, such a prominent, large memory mm. on her wall. I mean, you could say, yeah. oh, it's because it was recent. Yeah. Like, no, I think it's because she really freaking regrets oh, it. It's I like mean, right I think she, there. I think at the very, as soon as she was doing it, she felt bad about doing it. Yeah. But the question is whether she was able to convince herself that it was, I mean, it seemed like she was, even though she felt bad about doing it, she was able to convince herself that it was what needed to be done. And does she think about it as child abuse or does she think about it as just like, oh, another shitty thing I had to do? Uh, I think know. she knows she didn't yeah. have to do it. Now yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. I I actually like the fact that Josephine calls it out. Yeah, I mean, I, I, either way, I just I just find it interesting that they chose that as opposed to having one of these people say it. Yeah. Um. So she sees Josephine sees a blank space in the wall. She knows Clark is hiding a memory, and that explains how to remove the consciousness. Uh, Josephine says she's always been able to read people. Again, sort of a thing that sociopaths commonly are thought to have that they because they're more. Um, Again, sort of clinical or, or what's the word, like uh, detached. Mm -hmm. So they're more like analyzing people in a detached way. Mm -hmm. um, you, you think you're a badass, but your bravado covers your self-doubt. You want the memory on you so you can maintain control. And so we get a lot of callbacks to Clark's issues with needing control and her God complex throughout this episode, mm -hmm. which again is interesting tying it in with the primes. We'll get back to that. Um, so she's like, okay, you have it on you. So she goes after her and they fight and Clark is a badass and kills Josephine. That was awesome. <laughs> and I mean, it makes perfect sense. Clark knows how to fight and yeah. Josephine has never had real yeah. reason to. She's so, been able to get away with a lot of violence without having to do a lot of physical harm. Exactly. As a, I mean, she does slip throats very well. Yeah. But but <laughs> I'm, I'm really glad that it was like a no contest yeah, yeah. fight. Um, but Josephine comes back, bitches, and that's a fantastic line from her. Um, and she goes, you know, I, I, I'm the mind drive. You know, I'm backed up. I can't die here. Mm -hmm. But you might be able to, so watch yourself. Um, and she goes, I have all night to kill Clark. I could either kill you here or I could wake up and kill you there. And Clark <laughs> runs away. Um, she runs into the second dawn bunker where she encounters Blood Arena in the fighting pits. Dun, dun, dun. Do you want to read some of this? Yes, I do. Why did you write, oh, B for Blood Raina? I was like, Bellamy's not here. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I was, there was a lot of dialogue happening, Dan. Don't give people too much insight into our- Great note taking. I was going to say garbage note taking, but yes. <laughs> you know what? We are pretty good. I'm not going to be self-deprecating about this. Anyway. Your bravado covers your self-doubt. So Blood Raina says, you're good at that, hiding while other people fight. You wrote me off in the Conclave and at Ton DC, but I really thought you cared about Bellamy. So yeah, I guess before we continue on about the Bellamy stuff, I do like that Clark, clearly because obviously Blood Raina is Clark, that Clark does feel guilt about Octavia and mm -hmm. about um, 
you know, about Tom deceased. I'm like that that's still coming up. The conclave is still coming up, that she still feels guilt about those things. Because those are things that she probably should feel a little bit guilty about. You know, like you want to say it a little bit more clearly? Should, should feel a little bit guilty about. Okay. Um, but yeah, I think that that, it's interesting because I really do think that Clark has much less issues with Octavia than someone like Bellamy does or someone like, uh, you know, where even Hap Octavia might have issues with Clark, right? Mm -hmm. uh, Clark is certainly frightened of her because of uh, Maddie and, you know, doesn't trust her. But I think that, you know, we definitely saw in season five how she respected what she'd had to do and all that stuff. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so she goes like, I do care about Bellamy. I do care about you. And he forgave me. And Octavia's like, did he? Then why isn't he here? Uh, because you're too afraid to face him because he knows you're a monster who would abandon anyone. Uh, why are you arguing with the projection of your subconscious? So this is nice. Because yeah. it's, again, it's Clark is trying to justify these things. But it's, again, mm -hmm. like, I'm you. Mm -hmm. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> you can't get away from this. I yeah. know for all of your terrible, like, arguing against me, I am also your doubt. Yeah. I am your guilt. Yeah. Look at this. Yeah. And and that's a nice reminder that they say it outright. Mm. And also give us a nice uh, semi-silly explanation of why Bellamy isn't there and all that stuff. Yeah, that, that's, um, <laughs> again, the, the justification yeah. there. But yeah, no, there were definitely people, even after this episode, mm. who were confused. As to? As to these things. Oh, and really? I didn't see I saw a few that. things. Yeah. I mean, it could be the people, again, it was on our reaction video scrolling mm. through for feedback. Mm -hmm. People were like... Oh, it's so nice that, like, it was more about Monty. Like, mm. Monty appeared to help Clark. And it's like, and there were a few other things where, yeah. like, yeah, see, Blood Raina is here because she's in the anomaly. And I'm like. Oh, really? I didn't see any of that. Uh, I think I saw that on Twitter, not uh, directed yeah. at us. I'm like, no. <laughs> no, this is Clark. They say it's Clark. Yeah. So this it, is all about her and her yeah. brain. I mean, I definitely understand. There's a lot of complicated crap going on around this there episode. There is. Uh, I do want to say that I like, one of the things that I think is most interesting about revealing Clark's own feelings about herself is that even after that great scene where Bellamy forgives her and they have the hug and everything in the episode with the lanterns and all that stuff, mm -hmm. that was a great scene. She still is like, does he really forgive me? Like, because she doesn't forgive herself. No. So I think that's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. I really like that. Yeah. It's not over. <laughs> So Josephine catches up to Clark in the bunker. And she's like, oh, even your projections hate you. I love that. Um, Clark runs into Mount Weather in the cell where she was kept and finds Maya's dead, irradiated body woken up. And that was a nice surprise. Very did cool. Did people know about uh, Probably someone did. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't know Maya. I didn't know. Uh, and I also liked the it. makeup, very cool. Great to see her back. Yes. Um, Some people were sad that it wasn't Jasper. Yeah. But I think this makes sense. Mm -hmm. It worked for me. It worked for me too. Yeah. Because um, yes. she kind of was twofold because she also represented the greater Mount Weather issue, mm -hmm. right? Um, and so Maya's like, some part of you wants this. Why are you fighting so hard to stay alive when clearly you hate yourself? All that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, Clark apologizes, but Maya goads her with Jasper's death. Uh, basically being like, hey, if you hadn't killed me, he wouldn't have committed suicide. You do things and then other people pay the price. Uh, you've killed more people than you've saved. So again, Oof. all of Clark's deepest worries, her deepest fears coming out Oof. at her. Uh, you like playing God. You're not so different from the primes. Again, Clark being like, maybe I'm not even better than they are. But Why do I get to you know, say what's right and wrong? Why not give up control for once and just let go? Basically... 
This is, I mean, this is an interesting episode because if you think about it and you take the visuals out of it, it's sort of the spiraling way we think about ourselves when especially you're facing depression and yeah. self-doubt. And it's, it is the kind of spiraling that could lead to suicidal ideation. ideation. Um, so I guess I'll have this conversation now okay. instead of later, even mm -hmm. though this self-loathing continues. It, as, as it does for as most of us. As it does for many. <laughs> yeah. Um, even though, yes, Clark does give up later, mm -hmm. but you bring up the idea of suicidal ideation. Yeah. I think that's definitely heavily implied throughout this. It is. It yeah, is. Yeah. But it's more outright when she's like, okay, fine, you win, Josephine. Yeah. But there's this engagement. Like, this show has engaged with depression. Yeah. With suicide. PTSD. PTSD, trauma, yeah. addiction. Like many, many characters have gone through things to varying degrees and and also with various degrees of success. Yes. Obviously. And as a just quick side note, just yeah. kudos to them for being, I mean, so many shows are like, oh, our characters go through all this deep shit and then they're just like brooding or whatever, right? It's like to a certain degree, yeah, kudos to you showing how intense this shit is that they go through and how it can affect people and, you know. But, but, what were you going to say? But I was going to say, people, I can understand saying, like, this show, I think in particular for some people, this this triggered some people to say that this wasn't enough, that they mm -hmm. weren't really engaging here with Clark mm -hmm. and with what feeling and looking suicidal is. Yeah. And I can understand that for some people... It, they might want more. Like, I do think mm -hmm. that some of the best encounters with it were, you know, season three. Mm -hmm. Even though at the time, at the time, season, I was going... Wait, season three? Yes. What was in season three? Well, with three? Raven and and Jasper. Uh, I mean, I thought that season four mostly is when, when are you talking about when Raven chooses life and Jasper? Yes. That's season four. Season three is when the chips are all going on. Season four is, is when the world's going to end. Yeah, well... I'm I'm thinking of season three specifically mm -hmm. because of Raven choosing, like, trying to numb her pain. Like, all these things yeah. are set into motion season three. Yeah. I'm thinking of the fact that Jasper was actually originally supposed to die in season yeah. three. It's the arc that it's, starts in season yes, three and ends you're, in season You're four. right. Yeah. Yes. But in terms of choosing life, that is yeah. more about season four, of course, with yeah. Raven in the yeah. tank and yeah. everything. Yes. And also and we her... have the uh, Harper stuff, too. Yes, we do. Yeah. Okay, so misspoke there. Yeah. So, you know, I feel like those that those arcs, mm -hmm. those characters are some of the better examples of that. Some people hate Jasper, but Some people hate Jasper, and I get that. Yeah. And and I understand and maybe it's not the best representation. We've we've discussed that plenty yeah, yeah. on this podcast. Yeah. But here saying that in this episode in particular, mm -hmm. they're not actually like trying to show what it looks like and mm -hmm. they are using it as a plot device. And I I don't really know where I stand on that. I think I, it's a middle ground. And I think I it agree. honestly is what my, it cuts to what my criticism is yeah. about how it starts so much about her spiraling. And then the way she gets out of the spiral isn't really about her and her own growth and her, like it becomes about like, the plot and the story as opposed to the mental health issue, right? So it becomes about like, oh, I want to fight to do the right thing, which I guess could be like a self-growth thing. But it really is, it becomes, oh, there's an external issue that I need to deal with that, you know, I need to do that mm -hmm. as opposed to like, 
I'm choosing life for me. Um, here's the th- and here's the thing where I'm like, I agree with you, and that's yeah. still a criticism I have as well. Yeah. And a pacing issue, so to speak, but mm. our keyword. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but <sighs> there are plenty of people out there. Mm-hmm. For for whom like they're like I would end it tomorrow if not for X mm-hmm. Y or Z yeah and and to say that that's not true mm-hmm. to just find any reason to have another day mm-hmm. it feels like that's reductive as well yeah, I'm not and that's saying true. that the show is you know is saying it so outright mm-hmm. but like that is what makes Clark choose life yeah well I think I think the thing is that she definitely has suicidal thoughts and mm-hmm. spirals but she feels like she's not worth yeah ex- like she people are better off without her that's yeah. the conclusion she gets to yeah but, she's sick of fighting she's sick of yeah. living with the guilt and yeah. trauma but the thing is so i think she definitely has that like tendency and we also saw at the beginning of season five where she almost killed herself until she saw the bird all that stuff um and she has been just fighting for so long and but i think that yeah, we can see her have those tendencies, and then we can also see her pull herself out of it, which is Monty helps pull herself out of it, even if it isn't about her, even if it's still about her. I mean, I think, again, it, it's all complicated because I think the idea of the Monty stuff is, oh, be a better person, and she wants to believe that she can still be a better person. So there is part of her own thing in there. But I, I agree. I think that a lot of this, a lot of how I feel about this episode, honestly, will be changed and shifted based on how the season ends. I agree. Uh, Because we don't know. I mean, I assume that by the end of the season, Clark will be at a more healthy, mentally healthy place. You know, at the end of the day, I feel like in some ways... There are no mental health professionals on in this universe, you know? Uh, like, yeah, of the hundred, yeah. Of the hundred, yeah. yeah. And obviously not in our reality. No, I thought, we, you said, yeah. I thought you were going to say on the show, like working on the show. No, or no, I, I don't know about yeah. that. But there is no one, there unless they say that Sanctum has therapists in their mm-hmm. compound yeah. that Clark can consult with, yeah. <laughs> there is no conventional route out of this for her. Yeah. And therefore, this will always have like, the plot device elements and a certain lack of real representation and real engagement. Yeah. That's just kind of what it is. You kind of have to find the representation and, and the relatability in this alternative universe. But you're right. It is about the rest of the season and Mm -hmm. where, and where it goes. But at the same time, I just feel like it's not giving it enough credit either. Well, I actually think it, they, in some ways, it's really ingenious and and powerful and different the way they show her suicidal ideation and the way that they show her spiraling. Like being able to like do like that's what sci-fi is great for, right? Is have mm-hmm. these crazy out there uh, ideas and scenarios that tie back to a deeper, more relatable place where you see the physical apparitions of what it's like. It basically is an interesting, poetic way of showing symptoms and showing what this can, what these kinds of things can do to a person inside of their own mind. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's really cool. Uh, I think that they that's a really interesting way of continuing that conversation and, and depicting it to people in a way that may not they can understand, but that they can... Uh, it gives it like a, a physical and like an image to mm-hmm. grasp onto as opposed to just thoughts floating around, right? Yeah. Um, so I think that's pretty cool. It is. I, I think it is. Mm-hmm. I just, again, is it perfect? No. Yeah. But I'm glad they don't let go of this. I'm glad mm-hmm. that honestly facing your demons and fighting your demons isn't exclusively 
a battle yeah. in her mind. Yeah. It's not literally just like, I'm going to keep fighting Josephine. Yeah. I'm going to fight Blood Reina. Yeah. I'm going to, uh, I don't know, like do something else with my, yeah. like pull a lever on Maya once again. Yeah. Like it's not one of those things. Like she's not overcoming by like defeating yeah. these things it's by, in a conventional way. Yeah. It's by embodying the people who represent hope to her. Yeah, yeah. And that's, and that is not something at a certain point that I would have thought the show would have gone with. Yeah, yeah. If, when I did think of facing your demons, fighting your demons, hell, I thought, yeah, she's going to defeat Blood Raina in the yeah. pit. Well, it's like we saw in the trailer that it would be of Octavia fighting Blood Raina, right? Yes. So yeah, I thought yeah. maybe Clark would do this. Yeah. I thought that might be a weird thing in this episode that yeah. occurs. Like Octavia appears and fights Blood Raina for Clark as mm. an embodiment of like the person she yeah. likes and the person she doesn't like, yeah. you know? I'm glad they didn't do that. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So anyway. And we'll see what ends up happening with the Blood Rainer thing, but yeah. Yes. So we're getting back to the recap. Um, Maya is like, oh, she's talking about you need control. And that makes Clark realize, hey, I am in control here. And she sends away the ship to a magical land. Uh, and then Josephine shows up. Maya tells Josephine that Clark hid it in the cave. And Clark's like, what the hell? And then we go over to the cave where the rover is, where the shock collaring happened. And Maya jumps out of the rover and shock collars Josephine because Clark is in control of her apparitions now. And I also like that it's now the healed version of Maya. Yep. Uh, and uh, the collar is geotagged to the cave. Again, Clark being very smart here. Mm -hmm. um, so she's basically trying to trap uh, Josephine there, but Josephine, she ain't that uh, easily defeated, so she kills herself with the shot collar. I'm Very bored cool. now. <laughs> Very Ugh. cool. That's not uh, a normal way to say things. <laughs> Very cool uh, effects with the collar thing there. Mm. I thought very cool. We got our collar back for the season. Got to get one in there every season, <laughs> but not really every season. But. Yeah, let's hope not. <laughs> but uh, yeah. So she recites the game. Now she brings Russell into Clark's mind space and they chase after her. Um, I did hear that in the extended stuff, there was more going on with the Russell because if you really think about it in this cut, that was like totally unnecessary. Like yeah. they probably should have just cut it completely. Yeah. Uh, like he basically did almost nothing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he also <laughs> tells Josephine things she already knows. Yeah. Um, Clark sees an airlock where Jake was floated and runs away from it. And then Josie realizes Clark purposely avoided it. She goes into there and she finds Clark's like deep, dark memory space thing in the mm -hmm. woods when there's a lockbox. Um, basically, there's Lex's throne, there's the knife that killed Finn, um, and Josephine's like, the memories that cause trauma are deep in the brainstem, uh, formative stuff that causes physical reactions. It's why you cry when you think of Lexa. Aww. And I talked about how, even though they didn't have Lexa in the episode, that they did a good way of making her presence feel powerful and important. Yep. Um, For all those who don't like her and want them to move on if they didn't include this wouldn't have made sense yeah just saying yeah i i mean i just like people who are still like angry about so much lexa stuff i'm like dude they're just trying is it really so bad for them to try to make up a little bit for this major screw up they made like i don't think that they've done and like yes there are stuff that you could argue is fan service but i don't think any of it has gone too far mm -hmm. or any of it doesn't fit in the world of what they were writing uh but to each their own to each their own i'm not gonna i'm not gonna be like super judgmental yeah. of that i mean you root for what you root for 
I get it in terms of shipping. Well, yeah, I mean, but, I, it's yeah. fine if you're rooting for for Bellamy and Clark, obviously, but let let the people who lost this character, who meant so much to them, have their breadcrumbs at least. Like, yeah. they're never gonna win because Lex is gone. <laughs> like, so unless they somehow plant her. Yeah, anyway, yeah. well, that's the thing where it's not actually in a world like this. Is it actually? done yeah i don't know and i think i can understand why that's a little they bit they just want to let go of yes and know. i can also see why even maybe some care some people who shipped Klexa or really love Lexa also are like so is she coming back or is she not yeah like are you you're maybe you're still teasing me yeah. even yeah so i can understand it going both ways it is complicated but this was a big deal of clark's life yeah so it is what it is yeah and I, and I think they overall did a pretty good job of subtly, like it wasn't like it was too much in your face, I feel like. But, and I agree. Yeah. Um, people are going to disagree. Yeah. So <laughs> it is what it is. Um, Josephine's like, I don't get why you're beating yourself up so much. Everything you did was to save your people. I would have done it too. What are you? What you're doing right now leads to the genocide of your own people. Have you considered that the solution to, is to sacrifice yourself? Bellamy struck a deal to save your people. And she shows... Uh, the memory. But basically, at first, Clark is like, Bellamy would never do that, but she mm -hmm. shows the book. Um, and it's interesting because uh, Clark takes this as though Bellamy kind of gave up on her or that, you know, is able to move on. I do think there is a deeper thing here in this being the ultimate thing that changes her. Mm -hmm. um, I know definitely a lot of people were out there that wanted some more Bellamy revelations or whatever because we're in Clark's mind and all that stuff, mm -hmm. which I, I get. Um, but... I do think there's something to be said here. Like Clark wants the heart Bellamy in a way, right? She she wanted to believe that he would fight for her no matter what. Um, and I think that that is, is meaningful and is kind of what I, I mean, in some ways it was what I was arguing last week, which is like, would Clark really not want Bellamy to avenge her? I don't know how I feel about that. Like, yeah. Um, and it's still debatable here, but. It is. Um, so basically, uh, it's time to sacrifice yourself, your people, Clark. Don't start another war. I'll keep your people safe. Maddie can go to school. Everyone can stop fighting, including you. And so this is when Clark gives in. She says, tell Maddie I love her. Tell them all, you know. Um, and again, this is part of why it's also complicated with the suicide thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, I guess you could say, yes, that it's about her feeling like everybody else is better off without her. Mm -hmm. So I guess that still fits. It does. Um, Clark opens up the lockbox. It's 102 is the combination. You forgot Bellamy and Raven. Very cute. Love that callback. Yes. Um, we have inside the lockbox the tablet with Jake revealing the Ark is dying, Jasper's goggles, and the chip with the MP memory. Uh, Josie leaves and Clark sits on the throne and cries. Sad. Sad. It was sad. Yes. Then we cut to Clark is drawing in the garage in her season one outfit. She looks very at peace. Uh, but Monty appears to fuck all that up and tell her to keep fighting. Uh, great to see Monty, obviously. It is. That was such a wonderful surprise. Yes. I think we made noises of <laughs> excitement. Yelping. Yes. Uh, I fucking love my Monty boy. So Monty then says, you call this doing better. Giving up isn't better. Uh, so I'll be Clark. I'm doing this for the others. It's all for my people is just an excuse. You told me I'm not God. I don't decide who lives and dies. I'm not deciding for anyone else anymore, just me. And then Monty basically admits that Clark's journey has been endless and difficult. 
but is she really going to leave Maddie behind? So just to pause there, mm-hmm. again, this really is this thing of like, again, this is all Clark telling herself this. So mm-hmm. on the one hand, she's just like, I'm so tired. Mm-hmm. I'm sick of making these choices. Mm-hmm. All of the things that her, even again, when she learned to use Maya, like mm-hmm. those other things that the irradiated version of Maya yeah. said to her, that's all still in her head. So on the one hand, the thing that really I think I don't like here mm-hmm. is the fact that Clark is seemingly like peacefully drawing in yeah. the corner. Like, I feel like going from her cl- crying on Lex's mm. throne to, I guess I'm back at home in in my mm. comfy clothes, yeah. doing what I wish I could have always done. That feels to me like over a commercial jump, mm. a little bit too much Jarring of a, of a Well, I mean, but it also fits in with how the episode started where she was like sort of at peace and happy that she was dead, right? There's that feeling of, oh, I can finally relax. I can finally let go. Uh, but I, when that when it, she for a second thinks she's in like heaven or in mm-hmm. an afterlife, yeah, I can understand that. Yeah. But then even then she has a regret of not saying goodbye. Yeah. So here it's like. But then Monty is the regret. Monty is the regret. Yeah. But everything that he's bringing up of just like, you did give up. You think this mm-hmm. is doing better. I know this is her saying, I know this isn't doing mm-hmm. better. But it's just a little bit more like. I want a little bit more hesitation, a little bit more like maybe Clark pacing yeah. in her home yeah. or Clark touching another drawing of Maddie while mm. Monty sneaks up on her. Like just mm. one of those yeah, things or I like guess. maybe seeing what she's drawing. I think or- I, to me, what I think is that she, she's feels like, okay, I, it, it's all been like the buildup of the choice of do I keep fighting it is what's been so hard. And so she makes her choice and then she finally is able to relax. Mm-hmm. And, but, but even under all that, there is part of her that is that is still going to keep fighting. Yeah. You know, like, and I, I think to me that, that that flows in a way that makes sense. And even like him saying you're making excuse, it's like he's pointing out that, like you just want to die. And, yeah. you, and you're just, you know, trying to reason your way into it, making sense that you want to die. Yeah. But ultimately, this is, you know not what's right to do yes that you need to you know you don't actually want this yeah i mean i i think it's complicated again uh and i still think it's not really her coming to the conclusion that she matters and that she is worthwhile and that she's done the best she could Mm -hmm. i hope we get those revelations down the road and i i hope we got a little bit more of it in this episode but i still think the more you think about it as a mental health journey and her at least this is episode is about her finding the strength to keep going, even if it's not about her finding the strength to love herself. Yeah, that's a good point. So, yeah. The strength to keep going, but yeah. not self-love. Yeah. yeah. As sad as that is. Yeah. That is pretty yeah. accurate. Um, and, you know, he says, the good guys can't uh, can't give in to people who murder human beings to live forever. The ends don't justify the means. You know that. Clark says it's too late because Josephine already has the memory. So Monty leads her into Josephine's mind space. Meanwhile, in Josephine's mind space, uh, <laughs> it's a library of 230 years of memories. Very interesting. Maybe I like more of a den. <laughs> uh, Monty is saying, good news is you can affect the body in here. The bad news is Josephine seems to sense it because she starts having the bloody nose and while well, she's sleeping. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a special collection where she keeps her primal wounds. Uh, it can create a physical response in Clark's body, give her a way to alert people she's still in there. Uh, so Monty starts to break the lock while Clark starts sifting through the books of memories. Mm-hmm. So then we have Josephine the Seventh 
painting her OG body. She misses that body. Uh, <laughs> don't blame her. Kaylee and old Josie are chilling, but Kaylee spiked the Joe juice. Mm-hmm. Um, so then we have uh, Josephine was saying Isaac was a threat. Kaylee is like, he wouldn't hurt anyone and he was mine. Josephine's like, he defied the will of the primes. No, he defied you and your oblation bullshit. Uh, Hell yeah. <laughs> Josephine's like, the nulls are muddying the bloodline. Without oblation, we go extinct. You help me spread the word. And Kaylee's like, I don't know what happened to you. And she ends up killing Josephine. Mm-hmm. So you, we talked about um, how in our reaction thing, we were like, okay, so are they sack? Are they like taking the babies right away? Or are people offering the babies? Um, we do. Apparently, there was a scene cut where that baby that we see was was offered up mm-hmm. willingly. Uh, by a woman, and so it's his presumably eye. the mother. Yeah. This, yeah. So again, this is the offering grove. We have we cut to the baby uh, is in the woods, being in the offering grove, taken in by the by the plants and the trees. Mm-hmm. Um, and Isaac is there trying to save it. Josephine confronts him. Um, Are you going to try to give my offering to Gabriel? Calling the baby her offering is like one of the most fucked up things I feel like Josephine is saying. Yeah. Again, it's like, but it's an offering to what? The moon? Their planet? It's the offering to Josephine. It to, is. To the primes, well, to the glory of the primes. It is to the glory of the pl- yeah. primes, but at the same time, it's like, it's her offering, but she as a god embodies more. You know, I'm thinking mm-hmm. very like. Yeah. Greek Roman. Yeah, what 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 god Josephine is the god of what? Exactly. Like, exactly. The forest or something. Exactly. I'm yeah. like, what is she? Yes, it is yeah. her offering. It is an offering to her glory. Yeah. But like, what happens if they don't get offerings? Like yeah. that's the whole idea of like, we offer you bring them to a temple, you yeah. bring like baskets of food or pretty shiny things, mm-hmm. or you sacrifice live animals mm-hmm. on or a Or temp- babies. Or babies. But it's like, well, to for rain, yeah. for for uh, easy harvest, yeah. for a lack of uh, not many red suns. Like, what do they think yeah. Josephine controls? Yeah. Like, that's what I mean. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't also, know if they'll ever answer that. Yeah. but As a side note, I actually really like the actress they got here for the older Josephine. Oh, yeah. Very cool. Um, she goes, you think because you're Kaylee's pet, you're more than what you are. You're, you're less than worthless. You're a drain. Basically, he goes off about how nulls are the worst, basically. Yeah. Um, Gross. And he's like, no, I could be better. Um, and uh, she goes, how is Gabriel? He must. His host must be 95 now because uh, yeah, Isaac was giving the babies to Gabriel, apparently. Mm-hmm. Um, and Isaac's like, oblation is wrong. Why must this baby be sacrificing? Josephine slits his throat. And then Chuck's like, whoa, hold on there. Maybe I need to stop you. And <laughs> so Monty lets Clark into the special collection. We go to Earth before the bombs. We have Dioza. She's on the trial of the sanctuary on the newspaper. And then uh, Joe is with a friend hanging out in this diner in a booth. And there's a Becca magazine on the table. Uh, I don't know if there's more like actual pieces of info that come out of this. I didn't see much. Like, we saw close-ups of the newspaper and mm-hmm. the Becca thing, and it was more just like, it looked like, you know, it was what it was, that there weren't, like, hidden meanings or anything. Yeah. It is interesting to think, like, well, are we ever going to see the trial or anything like yeah. that? And I, I mean... I don't want to get too deep into the whole time travel well that I've been talking about on Twitter, but this is one of those things where I'm like, oh, between the time anomaly and all that stuff and that fact that we are seeing this and hinting at more of this, I still think there's a possibility we're going to go back in time to this era. Yeah. 
So they're talking about classes and how Joe doesn't want to go on her family's secret mission. Um, friend says if you take a certain class, the teacher bumps up your grade. If you're a girl that he likes to look at, grody. Gross. It's interesting. Kim Shenway is like, there's lots of versions of toxic masculinity in this scene. Yeah. I'm like, okay, but also why? <laughs> I mean, I get it for the Dave thing. I don't know why they randomly decided to put that teacher thing in there, but... Eh. Um, Even someone as brilliant as Josephine is mm-hmm. subject to yeah. that, I guess. <laughs> Maybe. Um, so then we have Dave coming in. He was looking for Josephine at the water rationing protest. It seems like he's been stalking her on social media and maybe just in general. Uh, interesting hint of the water rationing protest. They're saying the air is dusty and all that stuff. So clearly things aren't going great in general mm-hmm. over there. Um, he tries to ask Josie out and she says no. And then Dave is like, you still think you're too good for me? Just admit it and stop toying with me. Just admit who, uh, what you are. I tried being thoughtful and what do I get? Then he brings a gun out. Uh, message received. You stuck up, bitch. You, <laughs> you don't want to see me. Uh, so see this. And he commits suicide. So let's talk well, about this. <laughs> um, definitely some incel behavior going on here. Yeah. Um, and some very, like, very toxic masculinity. Very, um, I don't know. You take it away. <laughs> <laughs> Men suck. <laughs> well, that's reductive, Daniel. Um, I guess. What is happening here? I just, I don't really know what they're trying to say. Like, what is the idea that this guy, well, obviously this guy's mentally ill. Mm-hmm. It's more like. Yeah, it's 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 mental illness combined with like. Entitlement. The, yeah. Which is the, the whole thing. The of good it. guy complex. It's the whole thing with the incel, the whole, mm-hmm. for those who don't know, it's shorthand for involuntary celibate of like, these are these guys who are, who basically blame women for not accept, for not wanting them mm-hmm. and also blame other men for like being, of like, why is that guy better than me? Yeah. And they have all these like coded language for women of different kinds. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's awful. It's just yeah. incredibly misogynistic mm-hmm. is what it comes down to. It's yeah. disgusting and they're dangerous. Yeah. They are yeah. among the most dangerous people in our society. And I stand by that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. <laughs> Dave. Dave, Dave, Dave. I mean, yeah. I, I really, I really don't know what to make of this guy and i really don't think i've ever expected like in a world that's dying like the earth is dying in josephine's (laughs) time yeah like again water rationing dusty outside and then this guy walks in with a gun Mm. and kills himself because he she's too good for him well, and that also, is very well. You say that. Sorry to interrupt, yeah. but like just to continue. Well, you say that's incel like behavior in mm. a lot of ways. Him killing a, himself is less. Is is less? Yeah, yeah. that's more just like mm-hmm. sad. Yeah. And again, we do in a lot of ways we do associate like oh, someone who's an insult is dangerous. Mm-hmm. As I said, yeah. they are plenty of them who are incredibly just like depressed. Oh, yeah. Anxious people. A lot of mentally ill people. Who are dangerous to themselves as well. Yeah. I I think it's still incel behavior because he's still, he's doing it so that he feels guilt. It's like, oh, you're not, you're not going to be with me. Well, then I'm going to leave a mark, leave a mark on you forever. Yeah. Um, I think that's definitely. I would liken it more to like the mentally ill people who threaten to 
Like, if you leave me, I'll yeah. kill myself. Yeah. Like, those ideas yeah. of in a very, frankly, toxic, abusive relationship. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know. He's he's stalking her. They're not really in a relationship, but yeah. she never... Well, it's unclear what yeah. if they've hooked up or if they've ever had any interactions. It right. seems like they've never... Did she lead him on? Yeah. It seems like, from what we see here, Josephine isn't exhibiting any of her, like, coquette... Mm -hmm. ish uh like sarcastic behavior she seems afraid and yeah. a little bit like uncomfortable around yeah. him so that's not even the josephine that we're used to yeah. seeing i mean it's interesting because like especially the first time i watched this like as the scene was progressing i was like okay because i you know i didn't know where it was going he hadn't right. taken the gun out or whatever and i'm like and i i automatically think badly of josephine right? right i'm like so i'm like okay what what, what has she been doing? like is she yeah. already a so like has she had sociopathic behavior is she called because he's like don't mean it's like tell the truth or whatever i'm like is he calling her out on being a sociopath is it like again do we like at least in the world of this show are we supposed to like, even if it doesn't clinically make sense are we supposed to see this as a trauma that shut her down right and that she wasn't a sociopathic before it's unclear um but yeah, in general, I'm like, what is this? So the whole point here is that yeah, this is a formative memory. And I know I saw a lot of people being like, oh, you're, you're reading too much into it. It's just a means to an end so that Clark has a way to affect Josephine. Mm -hmm. but, but the writers picked this as the the formative thing. Correct. It's supposed to teach us something about our main antagonist. Yeah. And I still don't really understand what, like, is it that she felt vulnerable there? That she felt fear? That she felt guilty about his death? Like, does she blame herself? That seems a little weird, especially considering he is completely messed up and awful himself. Mm -hmm. And also, like, if she has no empathy for the people he's actually killed, but she feels bad for this guy who committed suicide, that seems odd. Uh, it does. Yeah, I'm, yeah, so I'm a little interested in what other people think about this, and I'm sure we'll have some feedback. But Yeah. I, I mean, we definitely want – well, we have this thing of, like, we want the feedback for this, but at the same time, I don't know what theorizing here is really gonna do. Well, I mean, it's just interesting. I like to I hear mean, people's it's interpretations. It's yeah. interesting, and of course, I, we always want your interpretation. Mm. It's just one of those things where I'm like, this is so confusing to yeah. me. Like, this is among the more confusing choices I feel like yeah. I've encountered on this show. Well, it's like he gets so angry. That's the next thing that happens. Yeah. He gets so angry. So exactly. clearly, this is like very important to her and very secretive and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, she figures out that Clark's there. She is pissed as shit, and she's like, Clark tells Monty to hide, which was cool. Um, and Josephine's like, I said I'd help your people, but deals off. Like, this was like, you were like scorched earth where you're never coming back from this kind of thing. No, yeah. Nobody can know this about me. Um, and then Josephine wakes up. She's like, I win. And she heads off. Uh, that was creepy. As I, I like the Josephine outfit here, by the way, like the blue robey thing. Yeah, the cool um, vest. Yeah. I'm a fan of layering, so. <laughs> um, Bellamy and Style Russell. Style icon, Josephine. <laughs> Bellamy and Russell are discussing uh, building a new compound. And Josie shows up and is tapping her finger. Uh, Monty slash Clark is sending Morse code via string lights that are causing the tapping of the finger. Mm -hmm. um, Bellamy notices the finger tapping, Morse code, and decodes it. Miller and Bellamy leave, and Josie is nose bleeding, and Clark is still in my head, but I know how to kill her. And Russell's like, oh! And then Bellamy goes outside, and he's like, I remember when Pike taught us all about Morse code? 
And um, it was like, nah, I was sleeping, bro. <laughs> and the code says alive. It means Clark is alive and we're going to get her back. Yeah. Um, Bellamy. Bam. I'm Bellamy and he smiles. <laughs> He's a Friends happy. Runs away. He is a happy. All right. Now we shall get into feedback. And I think we have quite a bit. We do. So if you want to be part of the feedback segment in the future, there's a myriad of ways that you can contact us. Uh, You can either go to at the 100 podcast over on the Twitter and leave us an ass little tweet. Follow us. Uh, You can go to the100podcast.com and there's a contact us form there. You can send us an ass little email-y thing or you can just do the old-fashioned email and go to the100pod at Mm gmail.com. You can also go to youtube.com slash doingok. That's D-O-I-N-G-O-K. And that's where we do our video reaction video thingies. And you can leave a comment Mm -hmm. and we'll read some of those. Also, please rate us and review us on iTunes or Stitcher and all that jazz. And thank you to uh, SC Blues for their lovely review. Many thanks. Uh, I haven't been able, I forgot to check the Stitcher. I apologize, but I will check that next time. Um, also, thank, uh, thank you to TV Time, the lovely app that is making our lives better by partnering with us in happiness. Uh, check them out. They're great for uh, seeing when your shows are on, being able to follow certain shows and news about the shows. Mm-hmm. Check out podcasts like ours connected to those shows. And now, feedback. And now, feedback. So, uh, just to let everybody know, as as we did say, we got a lot of feedback this week. Thank you. Many thanks. Uh, and I feel like um, that's going to just continue trend. You know, if we're following the trend, that's just going to keep going. Yeah, so thank just you. to let everybody know, we read everything. Like your emails, your contact us, the YouTube comments, the, t- the tweets. We like, have a whole library in our head filled yeah. with your comments. The- <laughs> The point is that, unfortunately, we can't include everybody. And uh, sometimes if you send us something really long or something maybe from a different week that we have a hard time fitting in, mm-hmm. you know, we, we can't say everything. Yeah. So just for everybody to know, we appreciate it. We are seeing it, yeah. but we have to cut things down. And I will just say that if you want to, like, ensure that you actually are read on the podcast, the kinds of things that we look for are stuff that are uh, opinions that vary from ours that are giving another side of things and things that will elicit more discussion. So if it's more just like, oh, I liked this or I liked that, like we'll read that obviously, but we're not necessarily going to read it on the podcast because we want something that's going to spark a a further debate. Right. So So give us your anecdotes. Like again, this week we had a big talk about mental health. Yeah. Like tell us what jives with you or what doesn't jive with you. We have for, again, we mentioned shipper stuff. We have a shipper segment that if you have more of a like discussable statement on there, we'll be able to include include that. Theories, hypotheticals, any of those kinds of things. Right, right. It's like, unfortunately, when someone else sends us a a recap of the podcast or of the episode, episode, part of this podcast is recapping it. So it's just kind of like, yes, we agree with your points. This was good. Yeah. Yes. All right. So diving in, mm-hmm. this is from Ken B via the hundred pod at gmail.com. Since you brought up time travel and going back to before the bombs, it's all I can think about. And it's the only thing that makes sense. Um, they could bring back Becca, the original Josephine and her parents, McCreary, Cadigan, actors whose characters died can play their ancestors. I'm giddy thinking about McCreary and Josephine meeting up and seeing the two psychopaths wreaking havoc or finally getting Cadigan as the big bad. Mm -hmm. I 
hope next week's episode titled The Old Man and the Anomaly confirms this theory or just breaks my heart. <laughs> Do you think this episode inch closer to the time travel theory with the two magazine drops or is it just confirmation bias on my part? Um, so that's a great point. I hadn't really been thinking about Cadigan, but like we thought we were going to get a lot more about Cadigan this season because like, you know, second dawn and there yeah. were two sons and all that stuff. Um, we really aren't getting much. And then I also, we also thought maybe it would come from the shade head of stuff. I don't really see that happening at this point. Maybe mm -hmm. I'm wrong. Um, but yeah, going back in time would be a great way of, of seeing him in his element kind of stuff. Um, yeah, the time travel stuff, I am of the opinion, and again, this is all just conjecture, I don't necessarily think the anomaly will confirm anything because I don't think it's going to be straight up time travel as much as it's like time dilation or time mm -hmm. warping. I think what it's more going to be is that by the end of the season or early next season or whatever, they're going to find a way to harness like the power of the anomaly to create a time machine. Yeah. That that's how I that's what I think is gonna be. Because I don't think currently Gabriel is like time traveling as much as he's like in stasis. Yeah. Yeah. Or safe within the anomaly potentially. Yeah. yeah, is I'm inclined to agree. Like if they do if they go in that direction, I think it'll be like an end of season twist, mm. so to speak. Yeah. And it's like I said also that like every season they have like the core storyline and then they have a background thing mm -hmm. where it's like, oh, we're slowly gonna seed in things about like, oh, where did Elegious Three go? Uh, we know that they were on like a planetary mission or like, oh, we're gonna have uh, Isaiah Washington and Murphy, you know, going off for the City of Light. That's not what this season's about, but like that's what next season's about. Like, right. um, and I feel like the main thing that has been a side thing has been these temporal anomalies, has been talking about Becca and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. So I think that that's where we're going. Um, but we'll see. At the end of the day, we're only a little bit over halfway through this season. Yeah. Um, that was episode seven. Yeah. This is episode seven yeah. and it's 13. So. Yeah. yeah. Um, Maybe it will just be, just be that, just be the, whatever they do with the temporal anomaly. We'll so, see. So don't, Ken, don't let your heart be broken. <laughs> My heart will be broken. Yet. If, if they don't confirm it in the next yeah. episode. Yeah, I, I just, I do think there's so many cool things that they could do uh, if they did that. I also talked about sort of almost jokingly the idea of our characters ending up on Dioza's terrorist squad. Oh my God, yeah. <laughs> All right, so the next bit of feedback is from Sagan via the100podcast.com. Mm-hmm. Hey, Dan and Olga, I have to say this episode was amazing. I loved how it was shot, the costume changes, the Josephine versus Clark in the mind space. It was all very well done. <laughs> uh, finding out a bit more about Josephine's life pre-sanctum and then after they were finally able to transfer the mind drives was nice to see. I do not agree with sacrificing babies, though, Joe. <laughs> I can't believe this is a stance we have to take, but I am anti-baby offerings. Yeah. I hope they take the rest of the season to take these stories slow. Abby, Raven, Nyla, Octavia, Dioza, Xavier, Gabriel, they don't need to rush these. Mm -hmm. Also, no need to rush Clark coming back. Do you two agree? I know you are big on timing, which I agree with 100%. <laughs> Some interest in your opinion here. Until we meet again, Sagan. I think we get Clark back in season nine. Season Whoa. And, and, and episode nine is what I would guess. Maybe episode 10. Um, oh, ten, yeah. interesting. I'm. I hope nine. Yeah, I think because nine's ten most likely feels to like me. a little bit too much of like if we're talking yeah. about isolating Clark yeah. away from people. Yeah. So like only get her back in ten. Yeah. Only 
especially if maybe it's at the end. Like I want yeah. a full ep- I want her to be back at the end of an episode yeah. or like the last third of an episode. Yeah. So that we so that like 10 through 13 yeah. are Clark is here. Mm-hmm. Maybe Josephine's in someone else's body. Yeah. Like I'd be down for her somehow being transferred to a new Nightblood. Yeah. But I don't Is there any No, it doesn't make what sense. Were you gonna I was say? gonna say, is there any possibility she ends up in Maddie? It doesn't really make sense because the brain would deteriorate. Except if there's one of those things where they're like, we're going to torture all of you by killing your child. But that feels like so outrightly, unless Russell's dead. I think Russell doesn't make it to like episode 11. I like. I, th- I think he'll be gone before the finale, yeah. unless he turns into the big bad somehow. I don't know. The yeah. point is, do you think they're gonna? Just as a side note, do you think we're gonna have another Red Sun by the end of this season? I don't think so. I think unless we it's might. like the finale. Maybe. I think we might because yeah. I feel like once again, it's like we have to fight the elements and fight people. Mm-hmm. Like I could see them taking yeah. things full circle. I guess you're, you might be right. I didn't. I'd just be surprised if you set up this huge thing of the red sun no. and you only use it once. Yeah. In the, in the premiere. You, you might be right. You okay. might be right. I could see that. Uh, it's also interesting that like I guess there's a possibility that like we're wrong and Russell does get to the end, but Josephine dies earlier and that's what sends him off the deep yeah, end. And that's what I'm thinking yeah. of. Like they permanently wipe yeah. Josephine somehow. Yeah. The point is that I don't think. I think again putting Maddie in the crosshairs of being prisoner of someone yeah. is very season five. Yeah, but like we also from the trailer know that we're heading in that direction. Yes, we do. But again, yeah. if they harvest her bone marrow yeah. force, I, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I just don't think, yeah. I think them implanting a consciousness in her head is yeah. like not that yeah. interesting. Well, the other thing that, I mean, but... she basically already has a consciousness Well, a in her second head. one. I mean, you know, the other thing I was talking, I think I was talking on Twitter with people that it's kind of, it makes the shade head a thing even more silly feeling that, now Bellamy within one episode knows that Clark is alive. <laughs> and so what? Is she going to go crazy because Clark is dead? But Bellamy could just walk over to her and be like, no, she's not. <laughs> but he might not do it to get her hopes up. Mm, I don't know. Yeah, That's a great point, Dan. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So this is from someone. And I literally mean the word someone. <laughs> I will never stop saying that. Via YouTube. I feel like this wasn't the end of Clark's adventures in Mindspace. And in the coming episodes, we'll see her final battle with her demons, which will include her worst fears and regrets. I think then we'll see Maddie and Bellamy and more of the things she feels particularly shitty about, like Mount Weather. So what do you think? I mean, we did see Maya as like the epitome of Mount Weather here. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that is pretty much the worst thing Clark has done. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting because I think that was part of also why I was a little let down by them not like more directly addressing Mount Weather is like they had built it up so much from the beginning of the season. And then obviously the image of her looking through the broken glass was like very evocative in the trailer. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope we get a little bit more. And I think we are climactically going to have a similar situation to Mount Weather and having her make a different decision. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I do want to, I kind of do hope that we see Maddie and Bellamy and we can never see Lexa, but yeah, uh, I do hope we see more people in her mind space in some ways. Yeah. I do want more of her internally choosing life. Yeah. Uh, I want, I, I'm hopeful that again, this wasn't just the end of that. Be- and the other fact, you actually brought this up by not having 
a lot of our main characters in this episode mm. contractually lets them be in more episodes at the for the rest of the yeah, season. Exactly. Because you can't always have everyone in every episode. Yeah. That's like too expensive, yeah. I, I guess, is the idea. Mm -hmm. Um so I'm like, all right, we didn't get them in this mind space episode. Yeah. No, we definitely are we're gonna get Maddie and Jordan next week, I would say for sure. Jordan. That's yeah, because we haven't seen but we have, well not necessarily in the mind space. Oh, I'm just saying because we haven't seen them in a while. That's a good yeah. point. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. All right. Um, uh, by the way. <laughs> by the way, there's some pipe issues from our neighbors. I don't know if they're being picked up. They're smashing things. Who knows what the fuck's going on over there? So hopefully it's not picked up by the audio. But if you hear like a shh sound that Dan can't edit out, flack. Anyway, we live underneath superheroes. <laughs> one of whom is Aquaman. So we're just. We know secret identities and all that, but. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Next email. Anyway. So this is from Zuzu via the100pod at gmail.com. Yo, Zoo. Hello, guys. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> the first hour of the show is a real love letter to show fans. That's for sure. I was expecting to see Monty and Jake, and it didn't spoil my fun. However, I didn't know that I missed Blood Raina so much, let alone Maya and Allie. What a surprise to find Allie again. Very cool. She's very scary and, <laughs> and pretty. <laughs> this episode is very well written. We finally have most of the answers to our questions and know why Clark survived. Mm -hmm. So it implies that everyone who ingested the chip from the City of Light and did not receive the EMP and... Uh, would have an equal chance to get out of it. Yeah, in theory, yeah. So the idea is Amori, Jackson, Kane, potentially Echo, like in theory Echo was chipped, yeah. um, and the vast majority of grounders mm -hmm. who are still alive, yep. however five of them there are, um, <laughs> that would do so. Although for the moment they are out of danger since they are not yet Nightbloods. If, yeah. if, however, these are the most like sacrificial people to the Sanctumites, yeah. along with the Nulls, yeah. They would presumably, like, if they're like, all right, if everyone was chipped, yeah, then they'll know to wipe them. But yeah. they might not know the chip stuff yeah. fully. So, yeah. yeah. So all Josephine has to do now is remove the mind drive, do the EMP, put the mind drive back in, and bye-bye Clarky. Yeah. I guess the well, thing... Well, you don't... Well, so here's the thing. Yeah. A lot of people pointed this out, and I think I was being kind of dumb that I was like, the EMP will destroy the mind drive. And they're like, well, just take the mind drive out. And I guess the reason I was confused about it was I was like... Well, won't Clark immediately just be Clark if they take the mind drive out? That's what I was So, thinking. I mean, they must just have her tied down or something. Yeah. yeah. But also, what happens if you, like, EMP a consciousness? Oh, I guess, well, then Clark is on her surface level but has no storage. Yeah, yeah. now I'm being stupid. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Fortunately, Clark's desire to live was finally stronger than she thought, personified by Monty. Who else? She manages to integrate Josephine's darkest and saddest and most guilty memory and to control her primitive reflexes from there. It's interesting to compare this diner to Clark's forest. When Clark still blames herself for the deaths of her father, Finn, Lexa, and Jasper, what Josephine hides pales in comparison. Okay, what happened to her is horrible. I'm not questioning that. But to say that it was the, that event that completely changed her and led her to becoming a sociopath, the sociopath she is today is a little exaggerated, isn't it? I mean, to come to talking about ablation, blood purification, to building a cult, to manipulating people and making them consent and stealing their bodies while making non-nightbloods less than mm. nothing, you still need a good sociopathic base at fundamentals, right? Mm. 
I mean, that's what it comes yeah. down to, where it's like there is this link, like what Mary yeah. tweeted us of like there's a link between traumatic mm. events yeah. and this and and personality disorders. Yeah. Maybe but it just like sort of sped up the pro, like it, it exactly. She never would either. have been as bad yeah. as she was. Yeah, without had had that not happened. I guess the other thing is, I, yes. I am wondering to a certain degree, are we supposed to like? Is this supposed to make us sympathize with her a little bit more? And I'm like, yeah, okay, I sympathize with that girl for 10 minutes, but like she's lived for 200 years since then. Yeah. I, I don't feel bad for her. Like, I understand. <laughs> it's like, it just gives me enough backstory to understand why why Josephine chose not to stay on yeah, Earth, yeah. I guess. But beyond yeah. that, yeah. Eh. Maybe it's the thing where it's like, this is what tipped her over and she never would have become everything. Like she knows she wouldn't have become everything else and yeah. had to die at her father's hands and all these other things if not for this, if not for I Dave. Guess. I don't know. Dave. Not like Russ. For the record, I don't know. I don't remember if they mentioned this. The writers call him Dave. He was written as Dave. They never say Dave. Yeah. Yeah. Not like Russell, who I'm convinced only acts out of fear of hell, of God, and of the sins he has committed. Mm -hmm. Maybe he will eventually understand that the path to salvation begins with honest and voluntary redemption, like Shaw said. I hope he'll change and end up on the side of the good guys on Clark's side. The man seems to be aware to some degree that his daughter is uncontrollable and disturbed. And he also seems sorry for the pain caused by his irrational decision. XOXO, mm -hmm. Zuzu. Mm, Russell can go in two directions, yeah. in my opinion. He could either go... I think he can go in three directions. What are the three directions? He could die, oh. he could be a good guy, or he could be a bad guy. You know what? I forgot about death. <laughs> I, I really was more like, he's either gonna realize his daughter really is that mm. bad, or he if he's gonna, or he'll pair up with her, slash maybe avenge her. Yeah. And or he could die. <laughs> Those are all valid combinations. <laughs> So this is from at the Kawaii Slardy on Twitter. I can't stop thinking about Josephine's murdery past line. And has Clark actually murdered anybody with malice and premeditation? I keep thinking I'm coming up with somebody and it's like, nope, self-defense. Yeah, well, what do you think about this? I I would say if, if, I mean, I think that it's mostly from Josephine's perspective meant to, uh, you know, goad her a little bit and make her feel bad. Yeah. I also think, you know, she's like, self-defense is, self-defense is a debatable thing when you're murdering hundreds of people to protect when the only, people you like, care about. This many, like a small amount of people yeah. are the ones actually attacking and holding yeah. your people hostage. And there are like hundreds more, including innocent small children yeah. in the crosshairs, like, I the closest that I would see to like traditional murder would be season five stuff where she yeah. would shoot people in case they were a threat. Yeah. You know, like when she was uh, especially like the guy who was sent to kill Maddie and then Maddie was like, Alexa's in me. And he's like, Hedda. And then she just shoots him in the head. Yeah. Like that's pretty murdery. That's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it is. He was sent to kill her her daughter, but then he wasn't going to. So. Exactly. <laughs> he was like, wait a second. She's my leader. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm dead. Um, <laughs> so yeah, self-defense is a... And also you can still feel guilty about the deaths you caused. Yeah. And I think it's specifically the, taking about it. Josephine calling her a murderer. Yeah, I think it's taking issue with the word murderer, and does that actually apply to Clark? And and generally, I would say no. I don't know. It's debatable. Anyway, the next tweet is from at Jasmine Jamboree. 
I don't think the diner scene humanized Josie at all. Sure, she feels guilty probably, but what I got from it is that she's always thought her life was more valuable than others. Yeah, I think they also definitely wanted to put into that that she thought she was better than people. The problem mm -hmm. is that it's coming from a very unreliable narrator there. Yeah. So I, I didn't know how it And exactly also not in a very like hoity-toity scene. Yeah, exactly. Like, there's nothing else about her behavior there yeah. that would indicate. Which is why I was saying I was a little thrown off by that whole back and forth about the teacher, whereas like... It felt like inconsequential and they could have used that dialogue in some way to reveal more about who Josephine was. Uh, I don't know. Unless they just wanted to show that she was promiscuous or something. I, but, I, but also, but it's it was, not like she's approving of the idea of wearing yeah. the of that professor. Yeah. You know, I just, I don't it know. It was her friend that brought it up. Too. I know. Yeah. that It's extra. Yeah. It's extra weird. Her friend is extra. <sighs> God damn <laughs> So our next bit of feedback is from R.E.D. 23853 via YouTube. <laughs> well done episode, though it made me wonder if this is the last season. This was literally a trip down memory lane from the first season till present. Even a reference to Pike. That sends the message, we're wrapping things up here. But I looked again and season seven was renewed already. So that makes me think that they're tying a bow on all the previous storylines to prepare, prepare for the story to go somewhere new. Also, not enough Raven this season. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if I mean, if they do a time travel thing mm -hmm. and or just season seven in general, yeah. Raven has to be more important yeah. to it. I agree. Like if you don't do Raven service in your yeah. last season or any yeah. other season. Well, that's the thing. Yeah. I mean, I'm I've been arguing that I think season seven will be the last one. A, because it will end the finale of season seven is the hundredth episode. Mm -hmm. B, because I think it's going to be time travel and like where do you go after time travel unless mm -hmm. you have multiple time travel seasons or parallel universes or something. But I feel like they won't go that far with it. Right. Um, I don't know. It's it, We'll see what happens. I do think this is a way of sort of wrapping everything up before another big change. And is that a big change that will be the final, you know, hurrah? Or is that like... You know, we're going into a whole new book, too, again. You know, like, Man, we're really putting all our eggs in one basket with this time travel idea. Well, I mean, here's the thing. I can't think of another option that feels interesting to me. <laughs> it's like, yeah, okay, uh, I guess you could have more about Shade Hedda. I don't care. That's not a whole season. You could have more about Children of Gabriel. I mean, that just sounds like another, we're going to meet another faction. Well, that, like, okay, like, let's take a second on the Children of Gabriel. Yeah. So we know that at least for the last, like, bit of, like, decade or so, mm. there were offerings try attempted to be brought to Gabriel yeah. and, I, guess, I suppose, into the anomaly, and we haven't seen the compound, or, like, their community that Xavier yeah. is allegedly going to, like, return to. Yeah. We don't know how many people are, are over there. Yeah. So what if they are like our, uh, again, it's another faction, yep. but they already are one. But what if they're the people who already have an idea of time travel? What if they already have an idea of like how to control well, okay, yeah, time but and then work that, together? Then, then what's interesting about that is the time is travel. Is the time travel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, you're right. I'm just, I'm just thinking it out of like, what yeah. if it's just plopping our group into time travel? Yeah. I'm like, oh, it'd be kind of nice if it was another way to yeah. meet people who are experienced and it's not just like. Xavier and Gabriel. Yeah, as like I, the only I guess two. my my thought my thought process is where you can go from here would either be time travel, something you haven't set up at all, mm -hmm. or something that will feel, will feel repetitive. And maybe I'm wrong, but I can't think of any like 
yeah, okay, maybe Children of Gabriel have another culture, but they've only been around for at most 70 years because Gabriel's been in, in this body for 70 years-ish. Yeah. Um, so, like, how much more of a culture will they have? And, like, a culture's not enough for a story. Like, you need, like, a actual, like, and I, I don't just want another war. I don't, like, again, yeah. I was, like, I talked to you about, I'm, like, if they hadn't done the Pike storyline, maybe they could have done, like, a really big Civil War season. Right. But I feel like even that would feel like a little bit of a retread because of Pike. Like, they burned through a lot of story in season three that mm-hmm. they could have mm-hmm. e- easily been multiple seasons. I agree. Um, but, like, I guess, I mean, and, again, they're smarter than me. I fully admit that. So maybe they have an ace up their sleeve, but I don't. I don't see it would have to be something that hasn't really been built up and they don't usually do that. Yeah. So. Yeah. I just, I don't know. Is season seven the last one? It makes yeah. sense for it to be, but on the same level, I'm not ready. Well, yeah. And people also are, are very quick to mention, and I should say that CW is usually very good about saying when it's going to be the final season. But usually- they could also say that as it's like, yeah. About to air. Well, they usually say it when they renew the show. But I could see them not doing it for a show like this because it's like maybe uh, the hype train. No, I, I think I'm just wondering if like, because so also if people don't know, the reason we'll get to 100 episodes in season seven is because it's going to be a 16 episode season. I wonder if when they renewed it, they were thinking maybe this won't be the final season. Then the numbers haven't been great. They've been going down a little bit. So mm-hmm. maybe they go... We'll give you three extra episodes, but it's going to be the final season, and they don't they don't, they don't want to say that until the season's over or something. Yeah, uh, maybe. I, I think I mean it could go in a lot of different ways. It but, could. Yeah. The other thing I will say that they have set up is that there are other planets. So yeah. They still could go to and another Allegis ship, right? Yeah. So I mean that's possible, but I'm also at the same time I'm like, you just went to a new planet. Are you just going to be like now next season we'll go to another new planet? <laughs> so. <laughs> Uh, yeah. All right. Anyway. So our last bit of feedback is from Jordy via thehundredpodcast.com about our people, Nyla, and representation. Hello. I've seen on the fandom some people disliking how Nyla is a non-factor that the show just doesn't kill because they don't want to kill a lesbian again after the Lexa backlash, which led to this thought. Nyla representation matters, and she should not be killed. But it's not a representation as a lesbian but as a minor character who's part of the group always called my people by our heroes. Mm -hmm. The protagonists always fight to defend our people, and yet every season we see them less. Except for Indra, Nyla, and Kane, right now our people are just a number with no face that we can't relate to. If The Hundred tells a story about what Clark has done to protect her people, having characters like Nyla is essential because it shows us someone with name and face that is alive thanks to her. Mm-hmm. Interesting point. Yeah, I think it's important to have these little side people. That definitely helps. But I, I also think it's important to mention, yeah, that Miller, uh, what's Miller's boyfriend name? Jackson. Jackson. <laughs> I was going to say Jonathan. I'm like, that's not right. <laughs> uh, Miller, Jackson, and Isla are all three of the like most side people. And it does to so a certain degree feel like they're keeping them around because of their orientation. Yeah. I think that that's worth mentioning. I'd love to see more of Nyla. Uh, hopefully we'll see her next episode when they're back up in the ship. Um, also, definitely, like, what's up, what's up with Indra? Like, I'm very confused yeah. there. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's just kind of like, and we haven't seen her and potentially won't even see her next episode. Yeah, hopefully we will. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. 
Alrighty, um, so that's basically it. I think we're gonna skip Love Boat this week, but I have an oldie but a goodie segment coming back. Oh boy. Um, I call it hashtag endgame. It's where we end with a game. And this week's game is all about Avengers Endgame. So, oh. <laughs> and so I wanted to say, let, let's try to um, let's try to think about which of the MCU characters our hundred characters are similar to or are if we we're gonna pick who they are okay. in the MCU. Okay. So starting with Clark Clark Griffin. G- Griffin herself. <laughs> um, Ooh. Now, my first thought was Captain Marvel. How do you feel about that? I mean, they're both blonde, but that's not really why. <laughs> beautiful and badass. And potentially bisexual or, or lesbian. I don't know. We don't really know what's up with, with one Captain Marvel. Yeah. And, and Clark is not potentially bisexual. <laughs> well, I meant, yeah. My point is that Captain Marvel right, might right. be, yeah. Okay. I don't know. I, I don't think I agree I feel like um, they have a somewhat similar vibe. They're both like not necessarily like loved by everybody, but they're necessary. You know what I mean? Like, like meta narrative. No, but I'm not even like I like I feel like Captain Marvel is like a loner and a and like a quiet person. Like you know what I mean? Like maybe she's not enough of a leader, but she could become one. She has been in the comics and stuff. Yeah, I don't. Who would you pick instead? I think Tony. Really? Yeah. I have trouble seeing that. I think Tony Stark. Um, what about Cap? I suppose Cap also makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I have a hard time putting putting anyone who's not like who's not a main leader already yeah. because that's just like how it works. How Clark, you yeah. know, who Clark is. But the thing is, again, one of the, this episode we're coming from is like. She knows what to do, what's necessary, mm. but she harbors a lot of guilt. Yeah. Um, she regrets what she's done. She's trying to change, but her change is like difficult. Yeah. She is self-sacrificing. And I mean, that fits both mm. Tony and Cap in various yeah, degrees. Yeah, I guess the thing is, you're right about when you get into the deeper layers of Tony. It's just yeah. the, the, the surface layers of Tony of like being- Being sarcastic Being a quippy. sarcastic dick and like being like self-centered and like- uh, also, also the fact that he's like a super genius doesn't yeah. really apply to Clark. I'm gonna say Cap. I'm gonna say yeah. Captain America, not Captain Marvel. I think Captain Marvel could grow into Clarkiness, and I think that see. she's already more similar to. Good I Steve was Rogers. gonna say I was gonna say Tony for Raven because I, she's a genius. Because she's a genius, and she's quippy, and. You know, very, very capable. She also had to do procedures on herself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. They both had a disability thing going on yeah. for a little while. They didn't really do it They're that much. They're both traumatized. Yeah. Uh, you know what? You're right. Yeah. You're right. Again. He, that makes sense why they're on opposite sides. He feels it? he feels more guilty than she does at the Clearly. moment. <laughs> but, but she's been very, like, self-tortured in the past yeah. about things. Yeah, I, so. I agree with you. Yeah. So, okay. Okay. Um, Octavia is difficult. She is. Um, because I guess that my first thought might be Black Widow, but Echo is Black Widow. Yeah, that that um, she has to be Black Widow. My second thought, and this isn't MCU, was Wolverine. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, which I can kind of think works. Um, works. What other MCU character could she be? Who's like, maybe Hawkeye? Maybe Hawkeye. Like, especially when he becomes Ronin. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. Okay, you know what? I feel that. Yeah. I feel that. Yeah, I think Hawkeye so, works okay. pretty good for it. That's that's good. Uh, I'm just going through like the top list on IMDb of the characters. So the yeah. next one is um, Isaiah Washington, Jaha. Um, I don't know what to make of I that. actually had an, an answer. Oh, you do? Yes. Um, I can't remember his freaking name. Uh, the father of Thor. Odin? Odin. Well, I think Odin sense. is a pretty good... Yeah, again, not good. always a super ethical person. Yeah, had a, a dark past, but tried to be a good leader and didn't yeah. necessarily know how to, to handle all the okay. stuff. Um, Abby, I think, is difficult. Who would be a good Abby? Um, Bucky? Bucky? I don't know. Really? Why did you come up with I that? I don't know. <laughs> Where did that come from? I'm, I'm not sure. Oh, actually, I remember who I was originally going to say for Raven, and it's much better than Tony. Shuri. That's her name, right? Yeah. Black Black Panther's, Black Panther's sister. sister. Yeah. I suppose. Like her main, Shuri's main thing is making stuff that helps people. I guess you're right, like but I kind of like the idea the, of her as Tony. That though. works too. Yeah. Yeah. Both are good. Yeah. Um, but Abby, <sighs> my first thought was uh, the nurse uh, Rosario Dawson <laughs> from the from the Netflix, <laughs> Netflix shows. I suppose you're right, Claire. <laughs> There's probably a better character. There is. Why the fuck did I say Bucky? I have no idea. <laughs> oh, man. I don't know. I'm just... No. That, that not, doesn't make any sense. Great, no. Is there like... That just makes zero sense. <laughs> what about Doctor Strange? Oh. I don't know why, but that almost works. Well, like they both have special skills. <laughs> Actually, you know who's a good Doctor Strange is Kane. Eh. I can see eh. that. They both started off as like super dicks, and then they became more like spiritual... And I suppose you're right. Yeah. You are right. They, yeah. they uh, yes, they, they keep up. They do have a sense yeah. of knowing. So Abby is Wong. No. Wrong. <laughs> anyway. All right. See if you can think of a, an Abby well, what one. About, okay. I'll, I'll keep pondering yeah, away. Well, I go out. So Monty would be next. He's probably Peter Parker. Yeah. <laughs> That's adorable. Yes. Yeah, Let's do it. With that. Have you not said Bellamy yet? Oh, did I skip Bellamy? I skipped Bellamy. I was going to say, what the hell? Bellamy. Bellamy. <laughs> Bellamy. Oh, the Hulk was my answer for Bellamy. <laughs> <laughs> um, really? Kind of. Like, Explain. I feel Because I feel like when he's on his best side, he is sort of more smart and analytical. Maybe he's not a super genius, but he's intelligent. He does the Morse code thing. He is, uh, He I think Banner has leadership qualities um and yeah. when he's the hulk you better stay the fuck away from him <laughs> that was that's mine maybe you could say i don't know who else would he be like black panther i was about to say black panther actually yeah i could see black panther i feel like black panther is too like steady for him. I suppose you're right. <laughs> like, it's I don't too know. reliable. Yeah. <laughs> we need something like in between. Thor? I, Thor is too goofy though now. Like maybe like yeah. old school, old school, old school Thor. Thor. But even old school Thor wasn't yeah. like just killing people left and right. Yeah. I mean, I guess in some ways actually Hawkeye would be pretty good for him too. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it's tough. I feel like the, I'm, your game is too it's hard. A, it's a difficult game. But I'm sticking with the Hulk. I like the Hulk. All right. I suppose that's that's. <laughs> and now he's what the, if I, now yeah. he's the smart Hulk that has combined heart and head. There you go. Oh, <laughs> I guess you won me over there, Dan. Um, and then Murphy, I was struggling with, but I came up with Star Lord. Yondu. Yondu. 
that's actually really good. That's actually really good. I like that. And maybe Rocket. He's he's just everyone from Guardians in varying degrees. That's really funny. A little bit of Mantis is in there somewhere. Oh my god, that's really funny. All right, I feel like we hit the most important people, right? Yeah. Maybe Amori. 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 Amori is Catwoman. I mean, <laughs> not MCU. Not but. she belongs on a different show. I guess is what yes. you're saying. Is she Nebula? Oh, I could see that. So we're shipping Yondu and Nebula. Ew. They're both blue. <laughs> Gross. I'm a, I'm on board. What? <laughs> yeah. I, this I was, was going to be a thinker. For I me. was wondering if Pepper should be anybody. Uh, no, Abby's not Pepper. I thought about Abby as Pepper, but yeah. She's Maria Hill. Yeah. Um, I don't know. This isn't a very this, good game. Well, I thought it was a fun idea. <laughs> it's a fun idea. I'm just like, no one works one-to-one. Well, it's not about that. It's about shoving them into boxes for fun <laughs> for, times. For our entertainment. If anybody has better options, let us know. If anyone wants to <laughs> send us their versions. Yeah. And if anybody has better ideas for hashtag Endgame, I do enjoy ending off in a funny note. Yes. Or at least a, a, a positive note of glee. Yeah. Nothing will ever beat Eat Algae Collar, though. Yeah. Eat Algae Collar. That was... I did say glee, though. So which glee characters are the 100 characters? I am refusing. <laughs> nope. All right, nope. guys. <laughs> thank you for listening. We'll see you Tuesday. And may we meet again. May we meet again.